Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Wednesday night plug in service. It's another great opportunity to bring the word. Just our our faithful crowd here on Wednesday nights here in person. Don't worry about the cameras. Don't have to worry about streaming. Don't have to worry about catering to anything, but just the crowd here on Wednesday night here. So just a a great opportunity here to bring the word once again. I always love it here. Always good to uh, be here with you guys. Of course, I'm thankful for my wife, Desiree. Um, just with uh, everything here, I think honestly have uh, some of the best conversations when I'm talking about when preparing in the message. And uh, I know this week uh, was uh, nothing uh, different, but uh, just just great conversation with her. So I appreciate my wife. I love you. Even got to feel uh, our, our baby uh, kick a little bit more this week. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, a little bit of a jumper. He's going to go ahead and go crazy once he comes out of the womb. Uh, but it's just uh, another cool little moment that I get to have as a, a father to be. And so uh, let's go ahead and just pray here for the word tonight. I'm just excited to bring this here for us to hear and just to, just to touch on what we're going to get into tonight. So, Father, we just come to you tonight. We just thank you for just everything that you're doing in our lives, Father God, your presence in our lives, Father God, that makes such a difference, Father. Well, apart from you, Father God, we just we know, Father God, that life would just be so much more difficult, Father God. And in some cases, we couldn't do life without you. Even when we think we could, Father God, we know at the end of the day, we really couldn't. So, Father, I just come to you right now. I just ask for your hand upon this word. I thank you, Father, for the time that you've you've spent with me, Father God, and ministering to me, Father. I know this is from you and your word, Father. So I just pray, Lord, let the church hear the voice behind the voice tonight, Lord. I just come against distractions right now. I just ask for this time that you've set apart, Father God. Let's just focus on you and what you have for your church here this evening, Father. I just pray, Lord, you cover every word, Father God, every scripture that's brought in this message, Father. Just be with us tonight, Lord, in Jesus' Jesus name. Amen. So it's good to see everyone here. And so tonight we're going to take a little further study into the book of Joshua where our scripture comes from here for this year's theme of crossover. Um, So as we take a look at this book in the word, while the actual crossing of the Jordan, and it's cool how we're able to get it uh, illustrated there in the, uh, in the banner, um, you know, just able to get a river there just so that way you could see it visually at the literal crossing of the Jordan. Uh, But as we kind of look at that here, just to get a mental image of it here that can help you focus on what I'm talking about. So while the actual crossing of the Jordan river takes place quite early in the first few chapters of of Joshua, um, what we must realize is that there was much more that was prepared to get the Israelites there in the first place. Um, It was the descendants of Abraham that became known as the people of Israel. Um, There were people, of course, that we know that were in captivity and slavery in the land of Egypt uh, until God used Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. Uh, From there, um, as they go throughout the desert, a covenant is established with them in Mount Sinai. And although they did wander that desert for 40 years, they ultimately ended up at the river banks of the Jordan River that you can see illustrated on that banner. And um, that's where on the other side where the promised land lay. 
Uh, Moses, of course, didn't end up being the one that would lead the Israelites into the promised land. That prophecy was fulfilled through his assistant Joshua, whom the Lord speaks to and appoints to lead the next generation into this land. And so uh, I'm, I'm bringing all this context for a reason, though. Um, so we can look at all that took place to get Israel to this place of crossing over the Jordan and making their way into the promised land, that, that we can draw parallels to what it has taken us. Someone say us. Us here at PCLV to get to this point of crossover in the year 2023 here in the city of Las Vegas. Um, think about what the Lord has done in your life, uh, for, for your life, and through your life to get to this point here in February of 2023. God has brought us here for such a time as this, as quoted from the book of Esther. And while we can hear that phrase and get caught up in the specialness and the and the uh, and the we feel to be chosen and just the uh, the ability to be present in this moment. We have to recognize also that there's some challenges that come with this. Someone say there's some challenges. Turn your neighbor. Say, hang on. You got it. So with that here, we're going to be in the book of Joshua, chapter six, as I mentioned here. So chapter six is the actual chapter we're going to be in where the Israelites have just finished crossing over the Jordan and reestablishing their covenant commands with the Lord. Um, God has established his presence in the land uh, with the commander of his army in the previous chapter that we actually read about last week with Pastor Victor. And uh, you can read the word up to this point and feel like the Israelites. You know, you're just hyped up. You're ready to go. You're like, all right, sweet. Time to move on in. Land full of milk and honey. You know, some of you guys get all excited when, you know, get to move into a new house or a new place. It's like, all right, that's going to be my spot right there. That's going to be my, where I sleep. That's going to be where I kick it. That's where I'm going to go ahead and make my meal and everything like that. So you can kind of feel like the Israelites as we get into Joshua 6 here. Uh, but all of this is going to come to a pause as the Israelites come face to face with a wall, uh, both literally and figuratively. Um, this is one of those challenges I mentioned a moment ago here for such a time as this. And that phrase is going to be important tonight. And although these walls can seem insurmountable or, or too great to overcome, tonight I want to encourage you to look beyond the wall, which is the title of my message here this evening. And so we're going to go ahead and start off here with Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. And I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Um, and so we're going to break this apart just a, a couple of verses at a time here. And so I'm just going to start off with the first verse. So Joshua chapter 6, verse 1, uh, out of the New Living Translation. It says, Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. And so the Israelites came upon this fortress city of Jericho as they made their first strides as a people into the promised land. Um, although Joshua had sent spies earlier to find out about this city and to bring back a port what to meet these walls, now these walls had become a present reality in their lives. They were face to face with these walls. Uh, the city of Jericho was an established fortress city long before Joshua led the Israelites there. And they had walls and places that were up to 25 feet high and 20 feet thick. Uh, there were soldiers keeping watch on top of these walls, and they were able to see everything around them for miles. Uh, the Canaanites here felt like their city was bad, like nothing could compare to it or nothing could stand up against it. This was the challenge that was in front of the Israelites at this moment in time. 
the first thing we here at PCLV have to realize as we cross over into what the Lord has for us this year is this. No, there are walls. Someone say there are walls we will face. Church, some of here, us here tonight have already identified Jericho and its walls in your life. I mentioned here that prior to crossing the Jordan River, that spies were sent to obtain a, a report about the promised land and the city of Jericho. So it was already known that it was going to be a challenge as they crossed over together. It wasn't a, a surprise. It wasn't something new. They did their homework about it. And so some of us here are sitting here tonight and you have that report about your Jericho in your hands right now. You have that that report, that figurative report in your hands um, of some of those walls that you're facing right now. Uh, some of us here, on the other hand, have made it beyond the walls that I'm talking about um, and know what's on the other side of those walls. But guess what? And this is never meant to discourage us here. There's going to be more walls in our lives. But remember, church, there's something beyond the wall. Someone say beyond the wall. So what are these walls I'm even talking about here? I keep talking about walls and walls. Some of you are about to get a sledgehammer and start breaking down walls. Some of you are get all crazy. These walls can take the form of many things in our lives, and they come in either predictable or unpredictable fashions. Um, in paraphrasing some of what Pete Scazzaro mentions in Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, this can come when something hits your life that shakes things up to the very core. It could be something like this. It could be a, a disappointing experience in church. Something happened between you and a brother and sister that rubbed you the wrong way and things haven't been the same since then. It could be a dry season, a loss of joy in our relationship with God. Some of us have been in the Lord for a while now and we've hit those plateaus in our lives and maybe you're kind of stuck in a rut where it's like, hey, I'm serving God. I, I'm just, I'm here. I'm not in the world. It's, uh, I'm too full of the, the Lord to enjoy the world, but I'm too for full of the world to enjoy the Lord. You're kind of like lukewarm there. Um, another thing there is uh, at the end of a friendship or a relationship. Those are some of those pivotal moments, or especially when those friends have been in your life for a long time. Uh, you've had these established relationships with your family members, and then there's a violation. There's a point of conflict, and things aren't the same there. It's awkward family gatherings. It's awkward just to try to reconcile, and sometimes it takes a while to do that. Um, the loss of trust with someone important is another wall that you can face. Um, maybe something where you've slipped up, you've messed up big time, and now the person that you've done, you've wronged there is gonna, it doesn't look at you the same, and you have to reestablish some trust in your life. It's a season of reestablishing trust. Um, it could be a mental struggle or a stronghold. Uh, maybe you've been dealing with thoughts of depression, of anxiety. Uh, maybe you just have this thing, this mindset that has just plagued your mind for you don't even know how long. Uh, but it's been something that has been an ever-existent issue in your life. Um, these are just a couple examples, something tangible for you to think about and hold on. There's many more ways that this can take shape in our lives. We know a wall when we see it, but ultimately it's what makes us question ourselves and God. And these walls we run into can make us anxious about where he is as we face these walls, why these kind of walls even uh, come into our lives. Um, and ultimately what's it going to take for us to get through these walls? Now, sometimes these walls, as I mentioned, take a while to get through. It can be months in some instances, years even. But as we recognize tonight um, that there's going to be walls in our lives, we're going to also realize that these walls 
have a purpose. Uh, let's continue here in Joshua chapter 6. Uh, we're going to go to the next verse, only the next verse, uh, verse 2. And so as we continue on here, it says, But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its kings, and all its strong warriors. So look at that phrase right here tonight that the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho. This means only one thing for us tonight, church. God has already given us the victory. He's given us the authority and the power to make it through these walls to the other side. The Bible here doesn't say, oh, I might give you Jericho, or maybe I can give you Jericho. The Lord speaks with authority over Joshua and the Israelites, and he speaks that same authority over us here tonight. Can someone say amen? You see, he has given you Jericho. Tonight, tonight, maybe you have come here not feeling victorious, or you've been walking in this uncertainty of getting through your walls. Some of you might hear about more walls to come, as I mentioned earlier, and you might be discouraged about that very notion, where it's just like, ah, oh, another wall, man. I just got it through this one. I got it within the just the clothes on my back by the hair of my chin, and now you're telling me there's going to be more walls in my life? What is it going to take? But these walls don't take shape in our lives to harm us, but they're there to build us and our dependence on the Lord. Ultimately, take this message from the word to heart and let it give you the same confidence Joshua was given to lead the Israelites in breaking down these walls of Jericho. And so we're going to keep jumping into our scripture here bits at a time. Um, and as we continue, uh, we're going to see how the Israelites are given direction in their approach to Jericho. And we're going to see how we can adopt this same approach in our lives to make it through the walls that arise in our lives, not only today, but moving forward for the rest of our lives. And so we're going to be in Joshua 3 through 15 here. And so we're just going to read a couple more verses here. So starting off at verse 3, let me go ahead and... New Living Translation. So, verse 3 starts off, You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Verse 4, Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times. Someone say seven times. With the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the heat, the priests give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse, and the people can charge straight into the town. Verse 6 continues, So Joshua called together the priests and said, Take up the ark of the Lord's covenant, and assign seven priests to walk in front of it, each carrying a ram's horn. Then he gave orders to the people, March around the town, and the armed men will lead the way in front of the ark of the Lord. Uh, after this, after Joshua spoke to the people, the seven priests with the ram's horns started marching in the presence of the Lord, blowing the horns as they marched, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed behind them. Verse 9 says, So some of the armed men marched in front of the priests with the horns, and some behind the ark, with the priests continually blowing the horns. Do not shout, do not even talk, Joshua commanded. Not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout. Then shout. Uh, so the ark of the Lord was carried around the town once that day, and then everyone returned to spend the night in the camp. Uh, just a few more verses here. Uh, verse 12, Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests again carried the ark of the Lord. The seven priests with the ram's horn marched in front 
of the ark of the Lord blowing their horns. Again, the armed men marched both in front of the priests with the horns and behind the ark of the Lord. All this time, the priests were blowing their horns. On the second day, they again marched around this town once and returned to the camp. They followed this pattern for six days. And then lastly here, verse 15. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the town as they'd done before. But this time, they went around the town seven times. And so there's a whole point of all this here. As you can see, it's very specific in how the Lord uh, gave direction here. Um, and there's often going to be times in our lives where God directs us to go through our walls in ways that don't make sense to us. Uh, the Lord gave Joshua and the Israelites specific instructions. I'm going to say specific to follow. So not just for a moment, but for a particular period of time. The instructions given to the Israelites were one they, they may have not expected to circle around the city of Jericho once a day for seven days straight, to have seven priests, not soldiers, but priests, carry the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant with them and to blow the ram's horn and to do this seven times on the last day. So this is the complete opposite of a, of a military conquest for conquering territory uh, that would have been expected at this time. We must remember that the Lord's way of doing things are not our ways of doing things. The Bible even says that in Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. It says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I forgot to mention here, I know we typically don't do this on Wednesday nights, but I was able to get my notes in. Um, these are on the Bible app, so you can follow along with the scriptures and the bullet points uh, so that way you can take it home with you here. That's my little commercial break during service. But go ahead there if you guys want to use the Bible app, by all means, I have that here there for you guys. And so jumping back into it, though, after Isaiah. So we can look at how, wall, how to handle the walls in our lives and with our limited human perspective. We'd rather go around the wall somewhere else, or we try to go over it, or we try to go under it. We try to be like Wile E. Coyote, let's, let's just dig and barrel around it, try to go somewhere else. Uh, we'd rather do anything else but go through the wall. Uh, we'd rather be the first to call it quits over a conflict in a relationship or a friendship instead of hearing where the Lord wants us to be. We deny our mental struggles or submit to them rather than submit them to the Lord. We can become complacent with where we are in our Christianity and our relationship with the Lord rather than identify the need for change. The Lord is going to lead you through some of these walls in uncertain ways. And there's going to be some uncertainty at times as to how to get through them. When I mentioned the phrase earlier for such a time as this, I mentioned that that was going to be important tonight. That's coming from Esther 4, where Mordecai had made a petition to Queen Esther and recognized the position she was in to deliver the Jewish people. Mordecai spoke that phrase for such a time as this to convey a sentiment that taking on this wall in her life meant that there were present risks involved and that following the specific instructions didn't mean that things were going to work out for her by her standards. God may show you to respond in this for such a time as this manner as an extension of your faith and your trust in him. Church, the second thing we ultimately have to realize as we cross over this year is that we should know that we carry the presence of the Lord through our walls. 
You see, God is not God is with us not only through the moments of conflict and through crisis, you know, the small stuff, but He's with us through these walls that tower over us. One of the first instructions given to Joshua is to take up the Ark of the Covenant. It was to take up the presence of the Lord with them. Uh, God was not only showing the Israelites, but is showing us tonight here that the battle is his. Uh, my wife Desiree led us not too long ago in the spontaneous moment of worship of, of not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. And that's biblically speaking from Zechariah 4.6. Uh, the battles that we and the walls that we face are not going to be won by our might, and they're not going to be won by our power, but they're going to be won and conquered by the spirit of the Lord that dwells in you. Can someone say amen? So let's call back to the beginning of the book of Joshua here for an encouragement that was given to Joshua and it's also given for us here today. And so Joshua 1 verses 6 through 9 here. It says, Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that, my, that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. Verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it on it day and night. Someone say day and night. So that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. It ends right here, verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Someone say, be strong. Be strong. Someone say, be courageous. be courageous. This is what it took to make it through the walls of Jericho. And this is what it takes us to make it through the walls that come up in our lives. It took strength and endurance for the Israelites to keep up for seven days, a whole week of circling the walls of Jericho. During this time, Joshua made it abundantly clear that the Israelites were not to shout or not even utter a single word as they marched around the city. Think about the mental endurance that it would took and needed as they did this, the focus and the faith that was practiced right here as they did that. Uh, it also took courage to stay in that formation as they marched around the walls of Jericho. Remember, the Canaanites in Jericho had the high ground there. Uh, at any point during this walk, the Israelites could have attack, been attacked and there would have been little for them to do about it. There was a trust in the Lord that was established. The Lord started off Joshua chapter 6 by saying, I have given you Jericho. These are the words that the Israelites heard. These are the words that they held on to, that they trusted in, that they put their faith in. And these are the words that we put our faith and hope in today. When he... The Lord says, I have given you your Jericho. I have given you your deliverance. I have given you this promise. These are the things that we know that we can hold on to. Can someone say amen? amen? So when we're facing the walls in our lives, these ongoing times of in our lives of strife and battles, let's remember the words the Lord spoke to Joshua. Be strong, be courageous. So as you make it through these walls and face these feelings of confusion and uncertainty, Know that we carry the presence of the Lord with us, not only alongside us, but dwelling inside of us, that lives inside of us. 
Uh, another thing that you want to notice here um, in those verses that I read, uh, Joshua uh, 6, 3 through 15. Um, and you can look at this as I'm saying this here. But as you, uh, if you look at during that specific portion of scripture that explains what the Israelites were instructed to do, at any point, nothing happens to these walls, uh, just as they're doing the seven days of circling around. There was no rumblings of the earth. There was no cracks forming in the walls. Nothing that is addressed here in the scriptures. And so making it through some of our walls in our lives may mean there's periods of time where nothing visible is happening, where you're circling around and you're just seeing a wall. You're just seeing something solid there. You're just seeing the obstacle. You're just seeing the height over it. You're not seeing anything happen to those walls. However, as we focus on the presence of the Lord through our walls, as we're obedient to the instructions that the Lord gives us for our lives and navigating through those walls, and as we practice out our faith and believe in the promises the Lord speaks to us, the Lord will sustain you and he will give you your Jericho. I spoke about this not too long ago. I spoke about it a few weeks ago. As we sustain our love for the Lord, his love for us will sustain us in return. When you find yourself looking too much at the walls in front of you, we, we get caught up in the high, we look at that. Remember what they were also doing at the same time. As they were looking through the walls here, also beside, behind them and for the priests, some of them beside them, they were also carrying the presence of the Lord with them as well. So I like to think as they were doing that, as they found themselves staring at the wall a little too much, they would just take a quick glance like, oh yeah, I got the Ark of the Covenant here. I got the presence of the Lord here with me. That's my focus. That's my, my, my attention there. I'm not worried about the circumstance. I'm not worried about how big and scary this wall seems. I know I got the presence of the Lord with me. And if I have that, I know that wall is going to be coming down. Can someone say amen? You see, and it's not even a, just a physical thing. At that time, that was a physical manifestation of the presence of the Lord at the time. But the Lord is a living being. The presence of the Lord it lives inside of us. It's not just something that walks beside us today. It dwells and it's a part of life. It empowers us to live the life that we live today, church. And so, just and just because we're facing these walls in our lives doesn't mean that we're facing them alone either. Uh, the Israelite people were united in community under the same Lord. We have that same community here together here at PCLV. Uh, we have brothers and sisters around us that we can fellowship with. We can join in together with prayer. Let us not underestimate the power of prayer. Let's not underestimate the power of fellowship here tonight. We're all together in the same vision. And someone say amen. And so we're going to go ahead and finish up the chapter here now, um, continuing on from verse 15 all the way to the end. And so, it starts right here in verse 15. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up in dawn and marched around the town as they'd done before. But this time, they went around the, time, the town seven times. Verse 16 says, The seventh time around, as the priests sounded the long blast on their horns, Joshua commanded the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the town. Jericho and everything in it must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitutes and, and the others in her house will be spared for she protected our spies. Uh, verse 18 says, do not take any of the things set apart for destruction. Or you yourselves will be completely destroyed and you will be in trouble on the camp of Israel. Everything made of silver, gold, bronze, and iron is sacred to the Lord and must be brought into his treasury. 
Uh, verse 20 here, when the people heard the sound of the ram's horns, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed and the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. They completely destroyed everything in it with their swords, men and women, young and old, cattle, sheep, goats, and donkeys, the whole nine yards. Verse 22 says, meanwhile, Joshua said to the two spies, Keep your promise. Go to the prostitute's house and bring her out along with all her family. The men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab, her father, her mother, brothers, and all the other relatives who were with her. They moved her whole family to a safe place near the camp of Israel. Then the Israelites burned the town and everything in it. Only the things made of silver, gold, bronze, and iron were kept for the treasury of the Lord's house. And these last few verses here, verse 25. So Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute and her relatives who were with her in her house, in the house because she had hidden the spies Joshua sent to Jericho. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. At this time, Joshua invoked this curse. May the curse of the Lord fall on anyone who tries to build, rebuild the town of Jericho. At the cost of his firstborn son, he will lay its foundation. At the cost of his youngest son, he will set up its gates. So the Lord is with Joshua and his reputation spread throughout the land. And so a lot to unpack here. So it comes down to this final moment. The days of circling around the walls of Jericho, the days of following the Lord's instructions to the T, and the days of carrying out strength and courage have led up to this point where Jericho is given to the Israelites. And so some context for the, the Canaanites in Jericho. The Canaanites in Jericho had, had built up a spiritual stronghold of immorality. They are full of wickedness. They are full of evil practices and idolatry. They even practiced the sacrifice of children. This was something that the Lord could not let remain in the land given to the Israelites, lest it influence their minds and take them to a place that they didn't need to go. So making it through some of our walls may mean removing the things in our lives that are cancerous, to our spiritual growth and our emotional health. It may mean changing our thinking. It may be changing the way that we handle conflicts or have conversations with others. It may be changing the way that we live. We cannot let our desire for personal gain distract us from the will God has for our lives. We have to say no to the things that are only leading us into a rebellious life against God. We have to ask ourselves as we make our way through the walls, what things are taken away from my intimacy with you, Lord? What influences am I allowing in my life, and are they taking my focus away from the Lord? We're going to live a part of this world. That, that part's a given here. We're not going to be hermits. We're not going to live in the hills and be like John the Baptist eating crickets and have honey vests and everything like that. You know, God doesn't call us to live like that. I mean, if he does, then, you know, all the power to you here. But for the most of us, we're part of this world. We're living here. But we have to make active choices to not act of this world in the midst of that. And so as I close tonight, walls are a present reality that we face through our walk as believers. And they're going to be there as we step into this vision of crossover for 2023. We can't fool ourselves that we can go around them. We have to go through them. But as we do, though, remember that we carry the presence of the Lord that speaks louder than the presence of those walls. So be strong, be courageous tonight, church. It's through these walls that we face that God can do some of his finest work.
It's these walls that grow us in ways and transform us in ways that can only have been done by going through the wall to begin with. We like to think often that God is just a God in the light, that God just shows himself only when things are going good. We just we live in just the, the blessings of God, the prosperity of the Lord. But God also shows up in the dark and his presence is over us even when we don't see it for ourselves. So even when you don't see the cracks in the walls, even when it's taking a little bit longer than our human standards, know that God is operating on that wall here. Those, those walls that you've been dealing with for a while, those, those instances in your lives that you feel like you've been there for a while, you've been staring at that wall, that you just, you're just going colorblind at this point, staring at the wall. Know that God is working on those walls. And if he's promised to give you that Jericho, he's going to give you that Jericho. Can someone say amen? Amen. Let's go ahead and all stand up here.